Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Tuesday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, and today... We have a nice returning guest who's joining us here on the program talking about all the insanity happening in the world of monetar- uh, modern monetary theory and more uh, from Fee. But first, we're going to go ahead and give a shout out to today's sponsor, and that is Young Americans for Liberty, folks. Uh, if you want to go ahead and uh, get out there and make a real opportunity to jump headfirst into the liberty movement and make a real impact, well, Young Americans for Liberty is currently recruiting campaign field staff to help elect pro-liberty candidates across the country as part of Operation Win at the Door. These principled candidates are dedicated to fighting for gun rights, keeping our troops home, parental rights and education, criminal justice reform, ending our senseless spending, and many other winning liberty policies. And when I say winning, I mean it. Their work speaks for itself. These are the, the guys that passed constitutional carry in states like Indiana, Texas, and Alabama. They fought the lockdowns every step of the way, all while helping make Liberty win. So you want to help make a difference and get Liberty candidates elected across the country? If you want to be a part of the fight and actually make an impact in our insane political climate here in 2022, you can join one of these campaigns from now through November 8th. Gas-covered housing fully provided, and you'll be compensated a total of $2,800 a month for your work on the campaign trail. So interested, head to briannicholshow.com forward slash Y-A-L to apply and make a real change in this country today. That's briannicholshow.com forward slash Y-A-L. Let's make Liberty win one more time, briannicholshow.com forward slash Y-A-L. All right, folks. Uh, So yeah, I, I teased his reappearance here on the program. So excited to have him. John Miltimore from Fee. Welcome back to the program. Hey, good to be here with you, Brian. Absolutely. John, thank you for returning to the show. It's been a little bit. We were talking beforehand. Last time you were on the show, I just got settled here, touched down in Indiana. And uh, yeah, I, I was not, I didn't have my studio set up yet. I was still working remotely from my laptop uh, for of our quote studio. So yeah, now we're, we're settled in and yet the world still is on fire. John, it still is on fire. I thought things were supposed to get better, but seemingly not. So you thankfully have been helping lead the uh, amazing team over at Fee, fighting the good fight, and yeah, trying to restore some sanity when it comes to the conversation in the political world. Talk to us. What's been going on over at the world of the uh, Foundation for Economic Education? Now we're just trying to keep things glued together. No, no, really, it, it, it's the best of times. It's the worst of times. I think there's probably a lot of times in history when you can say that. Um, yeah, there's some there's some bad ideas out there going around, but I mean, at, at fee, we're just trying to get people uh, to understand the, the virtue of liberty and basic economics. I think if you look today, um, there, there not enough people study economic economics, not enough, enough people really understand what it is. Um, so we try to get people to understand those concepts, um, try to find creative ways to do it. You know, you know, we're really trying to get young people to take some interest in these ideas. Uh, these fundamental principles that are really important. Um, we, you know, like there's ways to do that, that that young people find interesting, you know, through pop culture, through movies, through literature. Um, so at, at Fee, you know, we're, uh, we, get, we got some talented young people. 
Um, a lot of your viewers probably already know, you know, Brad Palumbo and, and, and Hannah Cox. Um, I'm excited. We just our our, our Hazlitt Fellowship. Um, for those who don't know about it, it's it's a writing fellowship um, for young people, young students, um, you know, some recent college grads. We have a cohort right now that I mean, I hate to you know go into hyperbole, but they really knocked my socks off. I could not believe how talented and bright. Um, a lot of these, you know, young folks were that they they don't just understand economic theory, but they've read it in and out, um, and they their uh, their understanding of philosophy. At times, it was daunting. I haven't read a lot of philosophy, you know, in, in since college. It's not something you know one of those things that I don't go home and crack ph uh, philosophy books, but just a really bright group of young people. So we're we're really excited about that. Yeah, as you should be, because. And you know what? I saw this too. Uh, we just talked about our episode sponsor there, Young Americans for Liberty. I was down in uh, Orlando, Florida back at the beginning of August, and I got to see it firsthand too. A thousand plus young li liberty activists, and, and to your point, knowledgeable, not just about the issues, but specifically about the tenor of what the situation is right now and, and being able to address the issues that truly matter and, and really doing so in a way that meets people where they're at on the issues they care about. And that can be sometimes difficult, John, if we're going to be really transparent and honest here, when you're talking about something as oh, fun as economics, <laughs> yeah, really exciting and enlightening. Uh, no, but it's truly, it, it is tough, right, to get people excited about that. And yet that's something you guys have been able to do. And let's talk about a few uh, really important articles I think you guys have put out there over the past few weeks. Uh, one uh, that actually was, I think, aired recently here over the past few days. And that's talking about modern um, monetary theory. Now, MMT, as it's uh, more commonly known, uh, really took off over the past few years, led by the folks uh, out there like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders, and more of the folks in that camp. But it really hasn't stood up to not just its own uh, merits, but also to the basics of economics. So talk to us, John. What is it about MMT that had it doomed to fail at the onset? Yeah, it, it's kind of funny because we joke that MMT is kind of like the flat earth theory in economics. Like <laughs> you, you won't find hardly any you know economists, virtually zero, that, that take the idea you know seriously. Um, it, it, it's kind of based on this idea that we don't, really don't need to budget. The government can can just can just print money. We, like the, the the government can't actually run out of dollars. You can always print more. Um, it, it, the funny part was this theory actually started to gain steam. You know, just a few years ago, and really, you know, the author of that piece points out it was kind of one of the things that that allowed the pandemic to happen. If you remember, the the, the whole basis for the lockdowns was well, we can just kind of print money. Um, you know, send checks to people and everything will be okay. Um, I think if we didn't have the Federal Reserve doing what it, what it is currently doing, um, we, we never would have had the lockdowns. It wouldn't have been on the table. Um, so I, I think, you know, MMT is kind of important in that respect. You got it's, it's an idea that even though most, you know, economists on both the right and the left, you know, re reject it, it had, you know, it, it's part of what we've seen here the last few years. Um, and yeah, it has failed miserably. It, you know, we've seen basic economics show exactly what we've been saying would happen, happen. <laughs> you, 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 you have, you know, 30% of the dollars in circulation right now are printed in the last, you know, 18 months, you know, 24 months, whatever it is. Um, what's going to happen when you increase the money supply like that? Well, you get inflation and that's what we've seen. Um, and, and so like, if you look, 
the, the Federal Reserve Board was just shocked by all this inflation. But there's a lot of people in our school of economics said, no, this is exactly what's going to happen. And and um, we got new inflation numbers out today. They were they were really bad. So, they weren't good. Oh, um, no, they were not good. Like, like if you look at it through the, you know, August was it was a little a little lower um, than July. But what we're really seeing is is Lauren Summers just tweeted about this. John, wasn't it zero percent in July? That's yeah. what the Biden administration told exactly. me. Exactly. You read these tweets, it's, it's it's almost frightening when you see it. But yeah, Summers is you know a Harvard, former president of Harvard served as an economist in, in in the you know Obama administration and you know his Treasury Secretary under Clinton. You know he just had a great tweet just saying the, these numbers. You know inf- showing that inflation is really heating up when you when you when you stand back and look at it. Um, and markets today reacted to that. I don't know if you're invested. Investors, you know, first saw even before the opening bell, stocks were tanking. Um, inflation's a, a really serious issue. And these schemes about, you know, like the, saying that we can just oh abolish student debt, um, like like these are the reasons that 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 we have this inflation. You can't sit there. Dis- discretionary, you know, spending is a huge problem. Jerome Powell, to his credit, finally, you know, he came out and said that. Again, it's like saying the sun is hot, but we, we need to get this spending under control, or these numbers are going to get worse, not better. Yeah, well, and it goes back, we had uh, Tho Bishop here in the show, we were talking about what happened to our money, and really what happened to our money was government. What did government do to our money? And you saw it was directly as an impact of uh, the, the Fed, and, and the results of the Federal Reserve going through, and in this case, over the past uh, two, three years, especially printing, was it $7 trillion, some exorbitant number there, it, the money number just boggles the mind, it, it's beyond comprehension, and yet... We've gotten so comfortable with it, which is the part that scares me. You know, we're at $30 trillion, you know, creeping up towards $31 trillion. And that just blows me away. I remember working on a congressional campaign all the way back in 2012, believe it or not. And the main concern, I think, was around $10 trillion at the time. And that was too much. And and now we're over, you know, three times where we were then. And that, that right there, not only is that not sustainable, but... Of course, you're going to feel the pain. We're feeling that right now. Inflation, to your point, month after month has been consistently increased uh, from where we were in, in the years past. And yet, I don't get it, John. A lot of folks still seem to want to uh, continue down this path of MMT or at the very least leaning more towards this, this Keynesian approach to economics. And I just don't get it. Like, how 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 long can you just pretend that what's happening is not happening as a direct result of the policies you've been promoting for years and years and years? The writing's on the wall. We have the results right before us. You can't just say it's it's the free market. You know, it's things we can't control. No, it's it's literally your desire to control that has caused the problems we have today. Yeah, I, I think that's why it's important to be, you know, to acknowledge the economic pain. When you when you see this inflation, when you see negative, you know, growth, uh, domestic product, like we got to be honest about that, and not not try to, to paper it over. Politicians are, are going to always do that, right? They're always going to try to make it, you know, when our guy's in office, we're going to make it sound as rosy as possible. But it, it, it's a, it's real serious. The pain is good. It's going to hopefully, you know, have us try to correct some of these things. Can it be done? Um, I'm not sure that there's really an appetite uh, to do what's necessary. You know, time will tell. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I was never a monetary guy. Like, and, and most of us aren't. I think that's probably to your, your question. Why is this happening? People don't really want to pay attention to central banks, right? It's not where our attention is. We're, we're fo- to, to the extent that people are focused in ideas, it's probably more in the politics and, and stuff like that. 
Um, but I recall, you know, F.A. Hayek saying, you know, you're, many years ago that history is largely a history of inflation. And I kind of thought, well, that's an economist, is he? But you, you realize he's right. And when the more you look at history, you realize all these nations that have come and gone, all these civilizations that have come and gone, um, a, a, a stunning number of them, it, it's because of monetary policy, because you had politicians that corrupted the currency. We, you know, we got to make sure that we don't go there. In the world of wine, there are so many choices, and that's why Blood of Tyrants Wine has tyrants losing their heads. Whether you're looking for a new go-to at home or want to impress your friends at a party, Blood of Tyrants Wine has you covered. And if you're trying to get rid of some pesky tyrants in your life, well, we've got that covered too. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash wine and get $5 off your order. One more time, briannicholshow.com forward slash wine. Free men don't ask permission, so take a sip. You'll be glad you did. Yeah. Well, and, and John, let, you know, one of the problems I think too is when you look at something like modern monetary theory, yeah, it might be quote modern and MMT, but it really has done nothing but revive a lot of old problems. And you're seeing that also carry over when you're talking about uh, some solutions that are just as old as they were and as failed as they were back when they first came up, price controls. You wrote an article over that. Uh, talk to us about price controls. Uh, you have this article over, just aired, a, it was yesterday, over at Fee, how price controls have failed for 4,000 years, and yet we humans still haven't learned. Yeah, you know, what kind of sparked that initially for me was Axios had a piece uh, that they published a few days ago that said 70s, you know, price controls are back. And I was stunned to look at you have all these leaders around the, glo the globe, um, including Janet Yellen, that are talking about imposing these price controls to try to curb, um, you know, oil prices in Russia. And, you know, it's, it's funny. We have thousands of years that show, you know, price controls fail. Um, you can go back to ancient Mesopotamia before the, the Code of Hammurabi, actually, um, and, and see you, you had people trying to say, OK, this is, this is a one shekel of silver can buy you this much grain and one shekel of silver can buy you this much oil. Um, and there's a reason the Babylonian Empire didn't last. I think I think price controls had a, had a lot to do <laughs> with it. Um, but it's not just ancient Babylon like you have like like, you know, we look at the Greeks in all the history they produced, they gave us the works of Homer and Sophocles. Well, you see in Athens, they had the same problem. You know, Greece wasn't a huge, you know, they didn't do a lot of farming there and they had a highly regulated grain market and it, it was riddled with price controls and it caused all kinds of problems in, in the price, uh, the, the penalty, I should point out for evading those, those price controls was death. And there was trials in like 388 BC talking about because you you had you know prices out of control and they were going to try to blame you know a cartel that was kind of a legal cartel at the time you know for that and so there's these you know famous trials people know you know I, I bet you a lot of listeners would know anyway about the the price controls in in ancient Rome passed by Diocletian um, that stretching across the empire they were trying to impose price controls on everything you could you know clothing. Um, you know, all kinds of food, even labor. You know, we, we know that a lot to, today, right? Like labor controls aren't just popular. They're, they're kind of accepted around the country. Um, the problem is price controls don't work. And, and we have tons of evidence that show that. The worst case scenarios are, are really severe. You know, we, we look at the minimum wage and say, okay, we, we see some states that have a $15 minimum wage. And you know, there's there's problems with that because it it does lead to unemployment. You know, for for people um, that actually can produce 
the last, you know, the least amount of value, but it gets much worse than that. Um, you know, I, just writing this article, I came across the, the, the famine of Bengal, which happened under the, the British empire. And it's really, you know, just crazy to look at this famine. It killed an, an estimated 10 million people. Um, and there's very little, you know, out there on the internet about it. Adam Smith did touch on it in, in the wealth of nations, um, and pointed out that sure you, you had, you had, a some monsoons, you had some droughts that kind of precipitated the, the, the shortage, but it was the price controls that, that, that led to a, this being a full-blown famine. Um, and, and so if you look, you know, again, this is something economists, we, we there's very little disagreement on this. You, like, you don't see any sort of credible economists saying price controls are good, yet they're, they're coming back in strange ways. Um, and I think if we don't understand basic economics and that, that price controls only make matters worse and understand why they make matters worse, right? Prices are signals. They, what, 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 what do high prices do? They say, well, boy, I, I better conserve that or, or maybe I shouldn't buy that or use that. Um, that's one signal. What's the other signal? If there's high prices out there, it shows, you know, it's really an incentive to produce things, right? To, to invest, to get stuff to market. High prices, you know, can, can they're a pain for consumers, but they can really help markets out. Um, they're, they're, you know, as one eco uh, e economics professor, uh, I, I was told, like used to say in class, a friend of mine shared this with me, um, you know, like high prices are the solution to high prices. <laughs> well, you talk about basic economics and how important basic economics is for folks to understand. You know what else is important for folks to understand? Basic financial literacy. Uh, I always talk about this. Actually, we uh, we just talked about this recently here in a recent episode where we were talking about um, how, you know, when we're talking about funding students and not systems, because there's a lot of folks out there who, yeah, they haven't had the chance to learn the very basics and the education system isn't built to go out and actually teach kids this. So, Let's talk about what you guys are doing over at Fee to help solve that gap and, and fill that gap. And that is helping educate folks on financial literacy. John, what's that about? Yeah, no, it, it's very exciting. Like I can kind of talk about it now. It's been in the works for a little while. But we have a new project called the, the, the Heroes Project. And, and basically, it's all geared toward financial literacy for young people. Um, I, you know, I, I can say when I was young, I didn't really know very well how, how interest worked, right? Like I, you kind of know like... The, the, the basics of compound interest. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of the problems we see today is because young people don't have any understanding, right? They take out massive, you know, college loans, um, don't really think about, you know, how much they're going to pay on those loans in the long term. Um, but that's just one, one thing. You have all these ways that, um, you know, there, there's ways to make money. They're like it, in a lot of this, you know, it, it, I, I think they're, Fees approach this. This is what I really like. We're, we're, we're trying to do it. You know, it's not all about like how to make money. It, it shows like simple ways to do this, like through your habits, right? A lot of, uh, there was one writer I spoke to about this and, and his first, you know, um, reaction was, well, he didn't want to really write about financial literacy as much as he wanted to write about emotional li literacy, because he said, you can't have financial literacy without emotional literacy. <laughs> and his point is that so much about this is like just finding good habits in our lives, um, cultivating good habits. Um, you know, and it is like, and it's other things like just un understanding how to, how to create passive income in your life, right? Like there's a lot of times like we, we, we have some capital. What do we do? You can put that and buy something that you use right away, or you can kind of, you know, put some capital together and find ways to buy things that are going to produce income for you over the long term. 
And I just think there's not a lot of, you know, people young or old in, in our country that really think about this stuff. There are some, right? Those are the entrepreneurs. Those are the people that are always, um, you know, kind of the backbone of our country, you know, bringing things um, to us that, that make our lives better. Um, but, but really, it's, it, to me, an exciting project because um, finding creative ways to, to, you know, promote financial literacy and get people thinking about it, to me, is, uh, is just a, it's a great opportunity. Amen. Well, John, I can't thank you enough for for not only joining us here in the show, but also all the amazing work you and your team over at Fee are doing. And and now it's the time of the show. I like to talk about our final thoughts for the audience for the week. Now, my final thoughts are are this, folks. At the end of the day, uh, we talked about this in the past. We're not selling an idea, a product, a service basic economics, but rather we're trying to help sell change. In this case, we're trying to help change people from where they've been, either A, in this old status quo, apathetic mentality, or B, more in this leftist, uh, more uh, Keynesian approach to economics. Now, who who are we going to have better chance actually going after and winning over? It's going to be the folks who are more apathetic. So instead of just trying to convince other people that they're wrong with their opinions, let's start talking to the folks who are maybe starting to ask some questions. And let's start answering those questions with some common sense solutions. Now, folks, if you are getting value from what we're doing here at The Brian Nichols Show, showing how to have these different conversations, well, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor as well. Please head to briannicholshow.com forward slash support. You can help support us financially two different ways. Number one, become a super fan. $5 a month uh, over on our Patreon. You get quarterly, or rather monthly Q&As with yours truly. Uh, Also, you get to help support the show on a monthly basis. And I definitely appreciate that, but also if you want to go ahead instead and make a one-time PayPal donation, you can do that as well. Five dollars, twenty dollars, a hundred dollars—it doesn't matter. Whatever you can do, I greatly appreciate it because it goes into the Brian Nichols Show, so we can have more folks like John and uh, be able to have uh, John come on the show, talk about the amazing work that uh, he's doing over at Fee. So, folks, if that's something you you get value out of, well, I would love to uh, to see your value in terms of some value. So, BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash support. John, final thoughts you have here for the audience today. Yeah, I, I encourage everybody to check out our work at fee.org. That's F-E-E dot org. Um, you'll, you'll find, you know, some of my writing there, but you'll find a lot of other things, you know, articles, but also some great videos. Um, you know, we put together a really talented team and we're going to have a lot more voices on it. Like I said, the we have eight new Hazlitt fellows that um, are, are I'm really excited about, you know, bright minds. Um, and I guess my parting thought is is sort of something that we've been talking about at Fee. Like, like the, the world is... It feels like it's a mess sometimes, and, and we, you know, um, I think a lot of people in our movement are, are trying to find, you know, good ways, you know, to to make the world better. And I think, w- you know, what we're talking about at Fee is, is for me, really inspirational. If you want to make the world better, make yourself better. Um, and that's something our founding father, Leonard Reed, who is a founder of Fee, um, really stressed. It's it's in a lot of his writings, which you can find it on our website. Um, and it is this idea of you, if you want to make the, the world better, you know, work to yourself. What can I do first? What, how can I be a letter, a better learner? How can I be a better teacher? Um, how well do I really know, know the ideas that, that I, I think I know? Um, and for me, that's been a challenge. Like, it, like it's, it was kind of like a, a little convicting saying like, you know what? We want, we want to be lifelong learners in liberty, um, and in philosophy and economics. Um, and that means kind of like con- continuing to push yourself learn. And I think by doing that, what we're all, I mean, that's really the key to, to, you know, our movement, I think. That's how we're going to be the best evangelists for liberty um, and get people to, to, to see that, that these ideas are, are important and that that other track um, is a dangerous one. 
Be a better learner, not a letter burner. I can't agree more, John. All right. With that being said, uh, talk to us. Uh, where can folks go ahead and follow you over on social media while I continue the conversation? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Um, Miltimore79 is my handle. That's that, that's where I am most. You know, like I, I think if you look at social media, it's the place to be for me. I don't know. Twitter Twitter's a lot of fun. Um, I'm happy to follow back any listeners and have, you know, and, and to talk to uh, some of your fans over there. Awesome. All right. Well, folks, if you enjoyed today's episode, do me a solid. Go ahead, give it a share. And when you do, make sure you tag John and please go ahead and tag yours truly as well at B. Nichols Liberty. Also, folks, by the way, did you uh, go ahead and give us a five-star rating and review yet? If not, well, no worries. Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash reviews. Give us a quick five-star rating and review. If, you, if you're doing that because you heard us talk today about that on John's episode, make sure you go ahead and give him a mention as well over in the review, uh, and I'll make sure I go ahead and share it to him as well. And uh, oh, by the way, folks, if you were trying to catch all those different social media handles, don't worry. If you're on the podcast version of the show, all you got to do is click the artwork in your podcast catch It'll bring you right over to BrianNicholsShow.com where you can find today's episode, John's social media links, the entire transcript from today's episode. Uh, you can have the video version of the show as well. Plus, we have it over on Odyssey. And oh, by the way, all 582 other episodes of the program. And by the way, speaking of other episodes of the program, did you catch my episode yesterday where I went ahead? It was you and me, and we talked about call scripting 101. I actually showed you some of the call scripting I use when I'm doing my uh, my sales calls for my day job. So uh, if you want to go ahead and give that a check, because I promise you can use it not just if you're in the world of sales, if you're an entrepreneur, even if you're in the world of politics, believe it or not, call scripting is important. So I'll go ahead. If you're here on YouTube, I'll include that for you right here below. Otherwise, uh, you can go ahead and find it over at BrianNicholsShow.com. But with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for John Milton more from fee we'll see you tomorrow thanks for listening to the brian nichols show find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com enjoying the audio version of the show then you'll love our youtube channel be sure to head over there and subscribe and if you're new to the brian nichols show be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated enlightened and informed if you got value from today's episode can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a five dollar donation and by the way have you given the show a five-star review yet if not head to apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to the Brian Nichols Show at BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network.